Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. How are you doing? Good, good. You Thank you for elongating the E's, Ryan. There's no E in my name. So, uh, I am doing very well. I'm back here with you. We took a, an unexpected little break. We were busy living lives and uh, also tracking down a copy of the movie. But... We're here to talk about something on our podcast, movies to be specific, specifically one movie each time we do a discussion, and we have a cycle of recommendation here on our series Pictures Pow Wow, where the recommendation cycle goes, you recommend something, then me the next week, and then the week after that, the listening people. That's right, you people listening right now. You can recommend us movies. We put it on the list, and then eventually we get around to covering them. And it is that time, the listening people's recommendation. Last time we were here, we had a guest. Mm-hmm. And they said to us, hey... I want you to go, you guys to do this movie. I'm sure you haven't seen it. I had a look, and guess what? They were right. I couldn't this, believe it. This hasn't been on our podcast before. What movie are we talking about, Bartek? Yes, this evasive Hungarian film is the 1981 animated film uh, Son of the White Mare. That is it, and it is... Uh, it is a Hungarian movie. I've never watched a Hungarian movie before. This is I probably my biggest exposure my first, to yeah. the Hungarian language. <laughs> uh, and for a moment, I didn't even expect dialogue. So there was a lot happening. So we are here to talk about it. And if you people out there have not seen the film before, we always recommend to give it a watch for yourself and get your own experiences, get your own thoughts on it. And a movie like this in particular is one that is very valuable. This is about the animation. This is about what it looks like, how it feels. Because the story structure to it is very simple. These are based on Hungarian folklore and fairy tales and things of that nature, and they are put together in a three-act structure, movie structure. But in all honesty, it's an excuse to show off the absolutely wonderful uh, visuals and creative animation that is present here. Now, Bartek, if, if you had to pitch it a little bit more deeply than than that, what would you say this is? The son of the white son of the white mare. How would you describe this to someone? Uh, so you were kind of uh, poking into it a little bit, but basically, this film it does have a story, um, but the story itself isn't so much of the focus. It's very much based in yeah Hungarian folklore. I think when I was reading up, I was saying from the steppes or there were like three main tribes. I remember one of them was the Huns. Mm. Um, so these are stories that in Hungary, which the trivia mentioned that the film was made specifically for the local audience there. These are stories that everyone already knows. So, you know, it'd be like if we, I don't know, had like a story about Jesus. It's like, oh yeah, we know all the oh, yeah. points or, of the Jesus or, story. Yeah, Jack so, and Jill or yeah. Little Red Riding Hood, so you know, stuff like that. It's a that. film that was made with the expectation that like, oh, the audience that we're making this for already knows old beats. And as a result, it is very simplistic in that uh, storytelling. Um, the characters don't develop as much. So it's really more about the, yeah, like you were saying, visual storytelling um, the sort of uh, folklore logic 
mm-hmm, the morality, morality that is being dispensed because a lot of those stories are, are you know moral plays like here's a little lesson that we're wanting to bestow upon yeah. you here's an idea that you learn at a young age yeah the the basic gist of the story is uh, a young man who was raised by a white horse uh grows up becomes very strong uh meets two friends who are equally maybe slightly less strong than him uh, and they go on a quest to defeat uh, three multi-headed dragons uh, that are in the underworld and have taken over these castles mm. um, and to save the princesses of the castles. And then eventually restore the kingdom. Yeah, and they don't face... They, I mean, they face, uh, you know, conflicts and hardships there, but they get through it, you know, very simply because they are that strong. They are the heroes. Um, and it ends, you know, happily for them, but it's all about, like, the journey getting there, um, the sort of visuals that we see, the sort of humour that it has at certain points. Um, yeah, it, it's very much one of those things where words will never be a substitute for actually watching it. Yes, we uh, actually covered uh, an animated film recently on the podcast that you recommended that was from the Soviet Union, which was an adaptation of Treasure Island. Now, Treasure Island is a more... Uh, contemporary story, but it also has that universal understanding from many cultures, whether you have even read it or seen an adaptation, you know of uh, Treasure Island and how that story goes. And so when we watch that movie, it's not necessarily talking about the story beats or the character moments. That's just simplicity in terms of adaptation. They did the things, but it's about how they did them through the medium that they did them. So with stuff like A Christmas Carol or uh, Treasure Island, we've seen that done a million times over, but it depends how they are adapting it. Uh, Obviously, in that case, it was interesting to see a Soviet Union production of a story like that, but also with that uh, hyper-specific animation style. And obviously, the same goes when um, we talk about other things, like, say, when the Muppets do an adaptation of something like The Wizard of Oz or Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, you're not there necessarily for the story beats because they are tried and true and we and we in the West and like we in the English speaking world know those so well, even if you haven't seen the original. It's about how they do it. And that's definitely what this has because Going into it, I had no clue really what to expect. I knew mm. it was animated. I knew it was about these uh, folk tales because our guest brought it up last week. And I had a suspicion that this is going to be in the vein of uh, um, something like Pink Floyd's The Wall when it came to its animation, where its animation is so vibrant and visual and metaphorical rather than. Uh, telling something you know compelling in terms of like your traditional narrative you you just look at how they draw these things and you get the meaning from that so that's what I expected going in and it definitely drew me in like that there's a good few minutes at the beginning where it's just no dialogue the first it is 10 just minutes, yeah. animation and I thought okay we're not going to have dialogue and I was totally fine with no words. I was thinking about you though. I was like, I wonder how Bardock's going to feel about this. But uh, And then they eventually did get to dialogue and having actors. And it was all, I enjoyed all of those performances. I thought they were very fun, especially the gnome character. His mm. voice was very good. <laughs> but uh, 
Overall, I had a very warm and positive experience uh, with the film. What about you? Um, so I didn't remember too much of what Sean told us last time when we had him on. Um, I remember that it was an animated Hungarian film, and I I downloaded a copy of it last night just to you know have it easily ready for me when I was going to watch it. Um, and my download didn't mention anything about subtitles, so I actually had to skim through it a little bit last night just to make sure that you know there were subtitles already there. And it was an interesting experience because I actually got a quick look at like what the art style would look like, and like, oh wow, this is different. I remember the first frame I saw was um, the stone uh, crusher character uh, waking up out of bed, you know, before he went to make the food. And I was like, oh, this character design is really out there and interesting. And I skipped to like two or three other points like, oh, is, is there no dialogue in this? And then eventually I came across something that had dialogue and saw, yeah, that there was subtitles. So I knew, okay, there's going to be dialogue in this. Um, but like you were saying, the first 10-ish minutes of the film especially the the first half of those 10 minutes is very dialogue empty hmm. uh for the first one or two minutes i actually kind of was thinking like oh is this like a production company you know animation at the beginning until i had to realize like no 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 this is the start of the film oh okay i need to you know get on with this um and yeah the the visual storytelling at the very beginning was very much sort of like a backstory or or introduction to the sort of folklore that we're going with. And it is told mostly through visuals. Eventually we do get the white mare, you know, telling the story, adding a bit more context to it. Um, and it is all very visually captivating. Oh, yes. I love the style that this has, the colours, the vibrancy, the the both how it can be fluid in its movements, but also at times be very, uh, very um, abrupt and sudden. And, and uh, it was gorgeous to look at. This is definitely a movie I can see you watch next to something like Fantastic Planet. Uh, one of those ones where you, I imagine people maybe like Sean will watch this in a certain uh, mo- m- uh, moment in time mm. when you've uh, uh, taken a couple of substances because it's definitely that type of acid trip movie. But to give it more credit than than just that, I I, I really was enamored by the audacity that was here in terms of what they were showing us. There was a a shot, uh, a series of images that I, I really wasn't expecting and I, I haven't really seen much in 2D animation before, which is when there's a moment when one of them is is jumping off what looks like a like a waterfall, like it's a waterfall, and you see them jump off and then they're holding on to the edge and now we've cut to this shot where the, the bottom of the frame and uh, the, the, the two edges of the frame are like the waterfall. Now it's like this square-like image and he's holding on in the center. And it was just mm. very disorientating, but you understood what was being given to you as a viewer. It was just a very different way of showing us this information. And that's what I, I really love about animation. I, I said to you at the start of the year on this podcast that I'm hoping to watch more animated movies, not just for the pod, but outside as well. Mm. And I've always enjoyed animation, uh, but I've never been really able to articulate why. Like, what do I like about animated movies? And 
I think this is a great example of what I like is you have the permission and the ability to give us things that just regular film, live action film, has a much more difficult time giving you. You have the permission to be more free and absurd and wild and audacious. I'm sure a shot like that could exist in live action form. We have watched some movies that are like live action cartoons as well. But I think you can't do some of the visuals that they show you here in live action without it coming across silly.、Mm, yeah, I remember in Treasure Island, I was、uh, praising a couple of、uh, moments in that film where it's like, oh, they really replicated like live action stuff that you can do in animation. That was interesting. Whereas in this one, there's a lot of, I guess, visual. Not visual trickery because just animation, but like visual interesting visuals happening in the animation. That the the one that comes to mind is when、uh, the tree shaker, our main character,、um, saves the first princess and、uh, turns the castle into an apple.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the what what he does is he shrinks it into the apple and then you know grabs the apple puts it away but the way that the film shows it is rather than having the castle shrink it has him grow、mm. and it's this really interesting thing where i'm sitting there watching it and thinking oh okay he's he's now gotten the power to grow but then you know the the other woman comes into the frame it's clearly he's got an apple and the ground he's on is still the same size and it was just Yeah, and when I was reading up about it afterwards, it was like, okay, it's all about like sort of dreamlike logic. So that's where, you know, a lot of people jump to saying it's trippy or psychedelic, but it's more about trying to get to this natural dreamlike state. Yeah, and that really came across in a moment like that, or like what you were saying before about the edges of the actual film's frames being a border. Yeah,、uh, you、uh, have a bit more knowledge on this since you've seen this movie. But I thought about it a lot during it for some reason. Oh, you're talking about this movie, right? No, like, no, a movie that I'm about to bring <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, and this is an example of something in live action、mm-hmm. where maybe an animated version of it would have worked better. You have seen Darren Aronofsky's Noah, starring、uh, Russell Crowe. Yes. And that movie is doing what this is, which is taking a story we know in our culture, an old tale. And giving it really, really abstract imagery and ideas, but it's done with like the big blockbuster live action CG rock monsters and stuff like that. And I was、mm. thinking about that during this movie about how if something like that. Was animated like this, or just in animated form, and it was told as weirdly and as dreamlike as the actual film that you saw in the cinema.、Mm. I think it would have been given a lot more critical acclaim and praise by most people because, again, I think with something like this, or from like we see this movie here, this is in the early eighties and in, in Hungary, but not just where it was and when it was made, but we see even now with something like Japanese animation, as well as what people are doing over in Ireland right now. There's a bunch of Irish animated movies that are taking folk tales and making them into movies, like、okay. with、uh, Song of the Sea and Wolf Walkers, most recently. I think there's、uh, more of a 
of a separate more of an understanding from the viewer of animation can get away with this mm. but when you see something in live action form with anthony hopkins and ray winston and emma watson and russell crowe and all of that up against these rather abstract things being told within a story we've heard for most of our lives mm. it falls very flat but if it was in something like this packaging I think we would there there would be a permission afforded to it. I mean, what do you think about just just that because we are looking at this, we don't know these Hungarian folk tales, but the idea behind doing something like this and presenting it in a manner like this we can understand being a very viable way of doing it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of a couple of different things. Um, one of the lesser ones that it reminded me of was, um, you know, we have basic understanding through learning about history and seeing films like Hercules, like ancient Greek and ancient Egyptian, like the wall art. Mm. Um, hieroglyphs and stuff. Hieroglyphs yeah. for the Egyptians. And also in the Hercules movie, a lot of the songs would have, you know, the animated sideways Greek mm -hmm. uh, art, like singing along, things like that. Um, it reminded me a lot of that, where it's like this abstract representation of the past and mythology um, given animated form. Um, and also the general basic storytelling reminded me a lot of two major things that I kept jumping back to. Um, the early parts of Dragon Ball, which mm -hmm. is based on Journey to the West, which also is a very commonly known story about, you know, an interesting group uh, going on a journey, meeting all these interesting characters, which, again, I'm not too familiar with Journey of the West itself, so I don't know how much context they're given, but there is a general understanding like, okay, you know these characters, these character types. Um, and simply seeing them should give you an idea, like, you know who the Ox King's going to be, things like that. Um, and the other one was the video game Okami. Oh, I am familiar with the game, but I haven't played yeah, it. Yeah, Okami is- I know the artwork. Yeah, it, Okami is fantastic. It is basically Japanese folklore, the game, mm -hmm. where it takes from, like, I, I don't want to say all of it, but, like, so many different things all stuffed into this one game given a coherent story, you know, referencing all of them. Like, you've got uh, an inn run by sparrows, you've got the story of the eight-headed snake, you've got uh, an archer named Yoichi, and all these sorts of things that if, you, if you're familiar with Japanese folklore, you consume a lot of Japanese media that references folklore, you kind of recognize all these little elements. Um, and that's kind of what it felt like watching this film. It felt like, oh... I, I don't know if this borrows from a lot of different things or it is just based on one or two major stories, but it really gave me that experience of like, oh, people who watch this, you know, will understand uh, everything here. And yeah, when reading about, up about the trivia, there was one place I read online that described it as literally like kindergarten level understanding. Mm -hmm. um, children really like it, even though the audience for it was intended to be like 14 plus mm -hmm. because it is just that simplistic. Um, and like I said before, the, the heroes kind of have their archetype set. They don't develop as much. They kind of go through, uh, the events as themselves. And that kind of reminds me of like, you know, stories in the Bible where mm. you don't really get so much of like, he was thinking this at this point, And then he had this thought. It was kind of just like this 
happened, then this happened, then they he did, said this, they, yeah. then they did that, and that kind of like sort of basic storytelling that kind of gets to the gist of what the message is and what the events are. Exactly right, and. I can see people coming into this wanting just a trippy psychedelic affair, and that is definitely something you will be rewarded with because it just it just gives you it an abundance. But I can also see people talking about how silly and absurd and funny this is and laugh out loud moments. I never had that personally. I was too busy being in awe and admiration of it. There are obviously some absurdist things like the smacking on the butt moments, uh, which I particularly laughed at, but that was played for a bit of a comedy moment there. But for the most part, I was just too impressed by what they were giving us when the dragons rocked up and they looked like big rock monsters. I was like, I guess this is what dragons look like in this world and yeah. in Hungarian lore. I don't know, but I'm taking it on face value. And then I was like, where's the heads? And then it gave me the heads in really imaginative ways. And I was just envious of the fact that we don't get as much creativity in feature-length animated movies in the West that is, again, afforded very much in Japanese movies. And I will give a shout-out to, again, people. You should check out what Ireland has been doing and uh, all of that. I can't remember. There's a specific filmmaker who's doing stuff, but they did, yeah, Song of the Sea and and, uh, Wolf Walkers recently. They do great stuff when it comes to this thing as well where they have these striking visuals but then they will present something to you that you traditionally understand you go oh i know what a wolf looks like and they will go yeah but what happens if we make it look like this and Mm. stuff like that is 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 sorely lacking so when i was watching this i was just also longing for days of where you would have an abundance of these type of animated movies where you can watch them and or movies with very striking animation thrown in there so yeah, I, I didn't think of Noah at all while watching the film, but certainly now that you point out the thing of like, oh, this type of creature, dragon, gets represented as this very rock-like thing. It does remind me of that thing in Noah where it was like the angels were these rock monsters or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too about this film. It's like the, it took this basic idea of a dragon being like, you know, the the strongest of the beasts. Um, it's the thing that the heroes needed to defeat, and it gave them these very interesting designs. Where one of them was like a rock monster, mm. one of them was a gigantic tank, and one of them was this futuristic, felt like a boss in some sort of video game that would mm. be like set inside a computer program. I, I was going to say when when he was getting defeated and he was breaking apart, he, the fact that I was thinking of polygons as a phrase being used for this two mm. D animated movie was just really tripping me out. I'm like, this is 2D, right? There's just so much... At many moments, it very much comes across, like you mentioned, uh, like a version of like something you could see drawn on the walls of a building or, or, or carved on a tree or like something an like that. mural? Yeah, a mural of some sort. And then other moments, like beautiful 2D animation. And then there are points where they, they, they just managed to make it wrap around and, and really tactile and, and, and like you could sink your fingers into it and really feel the water and, and the lightning and that it, it and the cloud effect. Oh my God. I was like, this really yeah, feels like- a lot like, of cloudy, snowy, like beady. Like yeah. And, and it got to the point where there were moments like the, 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 the final dragon getting defeated where it was like, is this a 3D animated moment? No, it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> Not for this period of time. At least I don't think so, but- uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, you got to uh, uh, applaud the movie for just 
doing it. It's just it is unabashedly what it is. Like when I read some of the trivia, I didn't read as much trivia, but like it very much comes across as as this director in particular had a very strong attitude of like I make my movies for my audience. I don't give a fuck. I think I was reading. I read a bit. Elsewhere. I bit read a bit more of the trivia. I think it was like that interesting case where. He had made some films that were meant to be for a more wider-reaching audience that didn't do as well, and then this one, like he learned from that experience, like no, I'm just gonna make a film for the Hungarian people, yeah. and like half the country dig it, the other half think it's awful, but then everyone outside, well, most people outside of Hungary who you know really appreciate animation, it's like, oh wow, this is this is amazing. There's a whole tale about the upgrading the, the HD remastering for this movie. Yeah, I the, watched the remaster. The, the version I watched had a whole thing about, like, the country and how they got involved. And, like, it very much reminded me of when we do Czechoslovakian movies, uh, most of them do have a thing stating at the very beginning, like, this is very important to the country, this is a part of some, you know, film registry or something, yeah, archiving, and so... We mentioned that in Adela. Yeah, and so money has been put to this so that we can restore it and make sure it's in the best condition possible, and that's happened with this movie, and I do believe the director was involved in this process, but I think he passed away right before things could get released, think, if I'm not mistaken, I if think I'm not I, thinking of somebody else. I think I read that he passed away a week before they put the remaster on Blu-ray. There you go, when it was, yeah, being pumped out there. I think he may have seen it on some yeah. screenings or whatever. Yeah, there was, but, yeah. There was a lot of trivia about how, because this was remastered in, like, 2019, mm. and around the time they were putting it in cinemas, like, COVID started happening, so it didn't get seen as much in cinemas. Um, and then sometime later, I think 2021, they put it out on Blu-ray. He passed away a week later. And uh, I think there was also some other trivia point about how before it got put out on Blu-ray, most people in Hungary were just more familiar with the non-remastered versions. Yeah, yeah but to the film itself, I really liked how underneath all of the silliness that's there there's there's the thing that we often get with older folk tales there's a darkness they're not willing to sh- they're not shying away from tragedy and death and so when the the white mare is dying in the movie it's it's really upsetting when they're animated and she's withering away it's mm. it's, a, it's a lot to take in and they have many moments like that uh sprinkled throughout the entire thing and that's that's something that will linger with me. Uh, obviously, there'll be absurd imagery like the the gnome and his beard and everything that will stick with me. But, but a lot of those moments that they 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 aren't afraid, like they're not then they're, they're gonna just stick with you and say no. Even if this is made, like I can see why he says it was made for older children because there are some frightening and uh, intense moments sprinkled throughout it. It's not always there, but it always comes back up. There's always a moment where you feel comfortable with the movie as this fun romp about these three doofuses trying to go to the underworld and save the ladies, but then something will come along that's just a little bit nightmarish. Not too much, but enough. The, The point made about how the white mare dying is a sad point in the film, I agree with that. Um, I find it interesting that because, you know, we mentioned the story is very simplistic, our main character very quickly shifts gears into, okay, time for adventure, and he goes from, you know, being sad and mourning her death to, you know, leaving and going on an adventure within, like, 30 seconds. 
I found it interesting that it didn't really feel like it undermined the moment. No. There's a level of segmentation throughout the movie, like that was a segment, now it's over, now we go to this new one. Mm. And hence, when it does at the end say, like, this was a collection of of, of stories, it very much yeah. reads as that. But it just does have a, a certain motif and theme underpinning it. And so... Uh, it keeps it sturdy. Now, for you, what were some of your favorite moments, whether it was in terms of story beats or animation or character things? What were some of your standouts? Uh, there are a couple, but one that really sticks out to me was the... I can't remember their name, but the it was when our main character was still a child. It was the grandfathery mm. wind spirit that told him you know, for seven years and end up being 14, uh, have your mother nurse you and to make you stronger. Because that was one moment where, you know, we'd had the beginning where we had the backstory told to us, the the sort of uh, folklore being told. Um, and now we are in this moment of the film where, okay, we're in the present. We're seeing actual events unfold. And the only thing we have so far is our white mare character and our main character is who is still a child. So there is this sort of expectation or understanding, like, okay, even though uh, the animation gives us a very dreamlike quality, we're kind of being grounded in reality. And then he goes and meets this uh, not yet established windy spirit kind of character who has a very breathy vocal delivery that just i'm still thinking about it right now it really just captured <laughs> my attention um and it tells you like sort of what you're going to be in for when you're in the present actual reality of the film um and the sort of you know the things he says would be things that like you know if this was a modern film you know you'd question it or something like that but the main character like took it at face value even when he went back seven years ago and he was told to wait seven more mm -hmm. years, it was just like, okay, I'm going to do that. And Yeah, my grandfather told me to do that. So. Yeah, grandfather. And it's just like, oh, it's a, this is a relative. But then later on, it was like, no, this was like a wind spirit. And yeah, it, mm -hmm. it just kind of, more so than the actual backstory being given, kind of set the tone for the film for me. I liked the backstory moment where she tells him what went on in the past and about the queen and the king and... All of that was told really well and had a slightly different character design and animation style, just a little bit than the rest of the movie. Uh, and yeah, you're right. I, I looked at it more as um, how they were trapped in this Garden of Eden-like location, the mare and the child, and mm. the kid is trying to break free of it, rip the tree out of the ground. And, and once that starts to happen, like once... The uh, the prison that they're put in, or this little oasis. Uh, once they start to touch at the edges of that, the real world or the world around them starts to bleed through, trying to motivate them to to come out and and get you know okay, into, I can see that. into the adventure, the call to adventure. And I uh, I really like that. And a, a sequence that I really enjoyed was. When um, the uh, what was his name the uh, the the one who is the iron guy the iron the iron temperer I think yeah the iron temperer when they when they challenge the tree shaker to leadership let's wrestle and let's see who's really the strongest I thought that was so well done just 
not only in terms of what it looks like, but just character-wise, I liked how after a bit, he def- he admitted defeat and went, okay, you're in charge, but he couldn't get out of the dirt. So yeah. it's like kick him out and then hand up. Yeah, and then, stomp him to get him out. And then those two got on pretty well for, for the rest of the movie. I was expecting like, oh, undermining, blah, blah, blah. But no, it, was, it very much is a movie where a character will walk up to another character and say, hey, do you want to go to the underworld with me? And they say, yes, of course I do. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm going to be your loyal follower. And then he is. And then he is. And then our main character um, doubts their loyalty at the end, but then is uh, proven wrong and then rolls in an eggshell all the way back home and lives happily ever after. This is a film where it unironically has they live happily ever after. Mm. And you have to accept that being the case. I think many times now, especially when you're older, when you're an adult, there's a there's a jaded, surly roll your eyes at that even being a notion in the story of, and then they lived happily ever after, and you just go, oh, all right, oh, just, ah, oh, brother. But when it comes to something like this, that's just how it is. That's just how it works. Yeah, because when, it, when, are, it, when it happened, I was like, yeah, that's how this would end. Because this isn't the same as as a typical film story. This is... Like I mentioned before, these are stories to send a message to younger people or to children or even to adults. These are just morality lessons. These are fables, and that's what they're there for. And so there's many moments, like, I I really enjoyed when he, not enjoyed, but there was a really, really powerful moment when he killed the first dragon, and the dragon's melting in the ground and his hand is reaching out. You see remorse from the tree shaker he feels bad he feels confused he feels misled into what he's supposed to be doing here and i thought that was a very humanizing moment for a character that's been very as as you stated he, he's very strong and powerful and he does the right thing all the time and blah 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 that was a moment that i found to just bowl me over very very much so i mean what are some other bits and pieces in this that you want to want to go over yeah, there there are a lot to go over. Um, I guess one sort of you know left me wanting more kind of thing is after a certain point we don't get as much of the Stone Crusher and the Iron Tempera mm. because you know they don't go down to the underworld, which was a bit of a shame. Mm. Um, I suppose that's the nature of you know playing the story straight. Maybe they didn't in the original story, but yeah, it it was a bit of a shame because. We did establish this kind of three-man dynamic where we've even got like a power levels of each one sort of set mm-hmm. where it's like Tree Shaker's the strongest, Stone Crusher's the least strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, especially with the Stone Crusher, I felt like he didn't really get like the moment because, um, yeah, he, he was the one at the bottom. He was the one that stood out as being sort of, you know, the, the tired, easygoing one. And, you know, the animation and his appearance was really striking and kind of fit into that character. Like, his pa- the he was depicted as kind of wearing pants and they were, like, kind of baggy and comfortable. Like, you always got the sense that he was tired. Um, whereas the other characters would stand up straight and really show off their physique. He was a bit more crouched and loose and it was really fun to look at. Um, yeah, and, and we do have a lot of like rule of threes going on here where there's the three of them, uh, three encounters with the gnome and how they deal with it or, you know, mm. the fact that it goes the same for two. Different three dragons, three, three dragons, three princesses, and it kind of feels like if you 
bring up all these rule of threes, you'd think like, okay, each one of them is going to go to a different castle. And I'm the fool for this, but like the lighting of the second castle kind of made the main character look a little bit like the Iron Temperor. Hmm. So I actually did think while watching it, like, oh, yes, the Iron Temperor is the one fighting against the tank. And then when the tree shaker was fighting against the third one, I'm like, oh, no, no, that was him. So, yeah, I felt like a bit of a fool there. But, yeah, it, it, it did leave me wanting a little bit more of them, which in a way is a good thing. Yeah, I I felt like they would have been a lovely uh, presence down in the underworld, but I I mean it makes sense why they're not there, but it's a it's a shame nonetheless. You want more of them, especially in relation to having fought this gnome character being the thing that really took up most of the movie when it came to them. Mm. And the gnome goes down there, so it's that thing of you kind of wish if yeah. anyone could go down there, it's them. Uh, the gnome stuff is my favorite stuff in them. I mean, that's just great. Uh, you got to love the gnome and how he operates and how he tricks them and mm. just how he gets in there and eats all the food. Nom, 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 nom. Off, off their bellies, right? Off their bellies. He makes sure to do that just because he's a dick. <laughs> a then, little dick, apparently. Uh, yes. And then, oh, my God, there was that one dragon. The first one had testicles. Yes. That was amusing. <laughs> And and when he jumped in a fear, they also moved apart. That was amusing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really like the gnome. He was great. I like how the tree shaker just stuck him into the into the um, was it the tree they were in or mountainside or whatever. He just t- torn open a bit, threw his beard in there, and then sealed it up. And then he was becoming this almost like lightning presence to try and get out of there. That was really well done. And yes, cutting off his beard and then he's begging for his beard back. Please, please. That's my power. It's my power. Well, it will grow back. (laughs) Yes, but I need it now. And then (laughs) they make a sword out of it and it takes ages. Yeah, and and then when he's, you know, sort of like the little sidekick in the underworld, he has this interesting way of like blending into the tree shaker's top yeah into his uh, shoulder pads yeah. that was really cool. very kind of shadowy kind of thing going on yeah but overall uh this was a winner for me i would definitely watch this again with people as well mm. I, I just watched this on my own but uh yeah this has got me excited to check out more films by this uh director and creator Yankovic's uh, I think his name was. And I this is my first exposure to Hungarian stuff that I'm aware of. I think uh, it's the same. Probably yeah. the longest. This is probably the most I've ever been exposed to the language. Um I was going to ask you did 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 anything from the Hungarian language bleed or is it just too Distance. Hungarian isn't a Slavic language, so yeah. no, not really. But I did read in the trivia that apparently um, the dialect is very kind of rural and farmery, mm. and a lot of people familiar with Hungarian would find that kind of amusing. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about when it comes to Son of the White Mare? Nay. Ah. Uh, Were you going to give me a whinny as a yes? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Because this, yeah, just trying to replay all the segments. Because, yeah, every every segment of the film did feel distinct. Like, here's the part with the growing up with the mayor, mm. uh, meeting the friends, trying to go into the underworld. That was another thing with three attempts. Oh, all yes. three attempted to go down. Did you ever watch Labyrinth? 
the film Labyrinth with no. David Bowie. No, I haven't. Reminded me of that, where she is going down this pit, like this tunnel down, and it's filled with nothing but weird hands grabbing and clawing at her and lifting her and throwing her and dropping her and all of that. It reminded me of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's just an image that's just in you know the world and that's just been mm. something that's been used in in stories reminds me of the eels from crash 3 sure <laughs> sure um yeah that was also a really good moment where yeah, a really creepy one too because when the tree shaker goes down like he doesn't encounter anything but the others mm. did so it's like ooh what was going on there yeah um, I, yeah i liked um the callback to what the mother said as well about like the 17 devils or whatever poking your eyes or whatever and how uh one of them which one was it was it the stone crusher guy when he went down he, he screamed about that like oh my god this many blah I'm like oh, oh hey, yes hey, it's a callback yeah they they, they mentioned that yeah maybe. and the iron temper was just blindly you know fighting back fighting back and you, know, you didn't really get a sense of what he was fighting against just hands yeah i also like yeah i really like the effect of when tree shake had successfully went down the hole how gravity just went upside down mm, mm, that kind of reminded me of a town called panic yeah and how that movie worked I, I, was, that. I was almost expecting him to like pull the others up but... yeah and then there was that moment at the end when all the rope fell down and it was very hard and then it, it was hard to tell what was going on there and then it eventually became clear oh it's rope and he thinks he's been left down there mm. and the, like the earth closed up like a zipper when when they when they were trying to pull him up and then they yeah. failed and it was almost like the earth just sealed up like a zipper on a coat does. Yeah, there was there was a lot of little moments like that where it's like, oh, this is what's happening. That yeah, really does make me keen on checking the film out again. I mean, just a question for you. I, I know you may not have the answer because you're not the biggest, you're not the most knowledgeable of this. But does Poland have an animation industry? Like, do they have any animated movies? Or anything of of note at uh, all? I don't know about animated films. I know that they have animated shows on TV. I watched a couple of them growing up. There was the main one I remember is one called Bolek i Lolek, which is about these two brothers: Bolek, the older one; Lolek, the younger one. Uh, and I remember them being kind of basic stories about you know little kids doing adventurous things, playing together. Um, there was another one that I know about, but. I don't know if I ever watched it. It's about a dog called Rexio. Okay. That one's also a very iconic one that people recognize. It's a little confusing for me because when I grew up, uh, you know, before I was really proficient at English, I was shown a lot of different European animated things, but they were from all sorts of different places and Polish yeah. dubs. So I might be able to recall some of them, but I don't know if they were Polish or from something else. Yeah, I was going to ask if that's the case, yeah, there, because that happens, right? There's I mean, a, one that's really popular, and Poland calls it Szczulka Maya. It means Maya the Bee, okay. which is like a German uh, franchise, but the cartoon that uh, Poland most remembers and associates with the brand I found out in my adult life was animated in Japan of all places. Oh, interesting. And yeah, having a look at some of that animation from that specific, I think it was like 70s show, it's like, oh yeah, this looks like old anime actually. So it was really interesting to see that. 
But I recommend the white mare, a son of the white mare. I recommend this for people if you're looking for an animation style that you're not fam- like too familiar with. This definitely goes in that camp. If you're looking for something that has a、uh, visual storytelling skills, this is it. And if you're looking for just spectacle of just sight and sound, because the music is also really good in、mm. this. We didn't highlight that, but the music is fantastic. But Yes, this is a movie that has, a, I think, a, a large appeal for people. Now, if you're not into things a little bit more of a slower pace, and you need more character-centric stuff and more of an overt need to tell a story, then this won't be for you. But、uh, still, give it a shot, nonetheless. It's it's definitely one of those.、Uh, One of those pieces of art that once you've consumed it, you've realised you haven't had things like it before. Because I walked out of this being very much a person like I did when,、uh, you know, I, I watched some South Korean movies or when I watched our Czech movies, where I just was licking my lips, going, "Man, I want more stuff like this. I haven't, I haven't consumed a lot of media and a lot of art." Like this before, but now I know that there's some out there. I'm willing to hunt some of it down. Yeah, you kind of took the main point. I was going to say I I do recommend this, but I can definitely see there are a lot of people that would watch this, and it wouldn't be for them because yeah, it is very much yes,、yeah, simple in its storytelling and. A bit more abstract in its、uh, visual nature. It, it would be something like for me. It did take me like a minute or two to really acclimatize to it.、Um, I and definitely reading up some of the reception that this got in Hungary from the people that didn't like it. I can definitely see that still applying for people these days. Like even the director, apparently, it took him many decades to finally appreciate it himself properly. The biggest thing he said about it, for the most part, was like,、oh, "I'm just glad I got it done." But yeah, he before he passed away, I think it said that he appreciated this the most of all his films, even though some of them were a bit more generally appreciated more.、Uh, to wrap out, we should mention that this has a a, a very good walking animation.、Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that Treasure Island movie from the Soviet Union because a meme was formed about the very expressive and unique walking animations of three characters side by side, and I thought this had one like that. When it was, it's just of the tree shaker, but the way he would walk, they even wrap out the movie with the credits. With him kind of walking and all of that, and I just really liked it. I, that was just one of those details where、uh, I didn't find this in the notes, but I know that Disney did this, and a few other animators do this too. But you know, they get they film people or they watch people, like they hire actors or whatever. We, there you go. Like、um, with again with that Treasure Island movie, they did that where they hired actors and used them as points of comparison to draw from. I don't know if this movie had it, but they really did feel like at times they must have, just because of how, how not only accurate or just super specific some movements were in this that it just made me scratch my head, going, "Okay, they must have had someone to look at and yeah, just mimic some, it." From- someone very muscular and confident in their walking、mm-hmm. gait. Yeah, I, 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 you know me, I haven't seen too many of the Ghibli films, but I know that there was one where. I think it's like a dragon character.、Uh, his facial animation was based off of like 
when you have a pet dog and you're trying to give them medicine, orally give them medicine and they're mm-hmm. resisting or something like that. That's funny. Yeah, so very much, yeah, that kind of thing of, you know, basing it off of real life. So, it is your turn now, Bartek, to recommend a film for us to watch mm-hmm. and then discuss on this podcast. So, everyone, get out your pens and your paper, write down what Bartek, what Bartek is going to say. Bartek, what is the movie that you are giving us? Sure. Um, so, I actually had a film set and then on the bus over here, I changed my mind to something else. Um, it's a film, I'm pretty sure you've seen it before, but it's always been one that's been on my list to check out at some point. Um, it's from 1979. It is the film The Warriors. Oh, good. Yes, I have that on uh, DVD. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Always been meaning to check it out and always been putting it off. And I Mm. thought, you know, let's actually get around to it. It has Jerry Horn from, uh... Twin Peaks? Yeah, that's one of the few things I know about it. He's the one that says, come out to play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Warriors. Warriors. Hey, there you go. And we're one step closer to you understanding why shit like dead and driving pisses me off. <laughs> okay. Where that, I talked about that there, but you there was an era where you had the Warriors, Mad Max, Escape from New York, just bred very, very, very bad amount of imitators and, mm. and just hucksters and Italian movies really benefited off of those <laughs> off of those because they're cheap and easy to make, except for those ones didn't understand the artistry <laughs> in the main three I just mentioned. But that is it. So people make sure to give that a watch in the meantime for yourself or else, okay? Or else we're going to have to get you and, and you're going to you. have to... Su- hmm, okay. And spanky, one of us will be spanky. sitting on your face. Sitting on your face. And I'm going to eat off your belly. Uh, Whoa, Ryan, are you sure? You I am go that so far? sure of it. I'm a little gnome. I'm a little gnome. Cut your beard off. <laughs> no, I have my power, my power. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, make sure, if you have not already, you can follow us on social media under Spit and Polish Presents. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us if you want to contact us more directly over at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Give us your recommendations for movies to cover on the show, as well as your thoughts on things that we have discussed. Uh, rate and review us on whatever podcast hosting site allows you to do so. It would mean so, so much to Bartek and I. Until then, remember to be kind to one another, okay? Or else the spanking will begin. I'll try to make Ryan naughty off your belly, though. But no promises.